we're here and we have a deeper story. And so I realized that in allowing the play to grow past just that one objective, I was allowing us to have a moment to tell our stories in a way where it's like, damn, mm-hmm. I could be a white lady from Iowa and I might still connect with Juana, you know, in the Bronx, who's going through it with her husband, right? Like that we started to open up the universality of who we are while still celebrating the culture and having the fun because that is also part of our truth. Absolutely. Yeah. The Latinos Out Loud podcast. All right, you guys. Hello, Eleros. Preparense. Sit down, grab your tea, you know, a chai, anything, uh, just to relax because this is going to be some turned up stuff right now. I am so excited. You guys know that I say this every week. I am so excited to have this person on the show. She's amazing. I say this, I'm yelling in the meditation room here at Luminary. (laughs) I probably shouldn't be doing this. She's a playwright. She started a wildly popular podcast that we love called Ladies Who Bronche. Please give it up for Julissa Contreras. They're clapping. They're clapping and they're honking their horns as if it were the Dominican Day Parade. We love it. We love it. Thank you so much. I love a good horn honking. Yes, yes. more than a horn honking, I love being across the table from you. You've been in Colorado. Uh, Yes. You've been in Puerto Rico. Do you have a thing with places that end in O? I, I, you know, (laughs) honestly, wherever wherever the universe takes me, I land, and sometimes it has a pattern of its own. Yeah, totally. Uh, Can I tell you? Have taught me so much. That means a lot. You must have taught a lot of people a lot, but it's just about me right now. Okay? <laughs> yes. In our interactions, Elo Eleros, what you have to know about Julissa is she's very connected. Her energy is always just so just beautiful, and you're brilliant. Thank you. Among all things, every time I hear you talk, I'm like, why did it stop? Can we press <laughs> rewind and hear it again? And now you're writing words for other people to say. Mm. Now you're a playwright. I mean, you've been a playwright. Yeah. But you're putting up a you're putting up a show. A Broadway debut. You, you've been in, <laughs> you've been in Playbill. Yes. Deadline. Like you're killing it. Yes. Julissa, <laughs> we are so proud of you. I appreciate. Walk that. us through this journey. Vamanos is about to be up on, on its feet. Yes. I'm on, I'm gonna get on my feet right now, Gloria <laughs> Stefan. I'm so excited because when you see your friends win. It's a win for everybody. Amen. So yeah. you winning out here in these streets. Yes. Let's talk about it. I feel like I need to go on mute or no, something. No, no, no. I appreciate, I really appreciate the love. It's been a long journey, you know. I've been a writer my whole life, really, but, like, really dedicating myself to playwriting at the age of 19, you know. And I always like to mention this because it is important for our history. Like, being 19 and young, the only people who I saw in my community that were writing sketches and putting things up was y'all, right? Oh, and wow. so I say this all Room the time. 20. 28 was something that. that like actually existed wow. in a space where nothing else existed and I always say it and I will forever say it because it's important because I think people coming up need to understand it the time might take longer than what we personally want to see the fruits of our labor to be but people are always watching and people are always inspired and we come in waves right like our success comes in waves and I feel like though I've been writing since I'm 19 I am just now in a moment where it's aligned where I'm a part of this wave my story needs to be told now for whatever reason and it's funny 
I started writing Vamanos in 2017 while I was in a writer's group. Years ago. Um, years ago, and put some pages together, and initially the play was just supposed to be, um, we start with the Dominican family that says they're leaving the party, and at the end, I wanted it to be like 60 minutes exactly, and an hour later, everybody's had their coat on for a whole hour, they never leave the fucking apartment. Latino goodbye. Were, exactly. Like, That's it. I like was there. like, I want to write a Latino <laughs> goodbye play, like, and I was sort of like, hopped on that, um, and then I... I had uh, taken a class at primary stages and um, came in with a piece and a lot of the people were like, yeah, we love that, but we're so hungry to spend more time with this family. Um, and I sort of had a light bulb moment where I was like, wow, you know, like this is a Dominican family from the Bronx and like Dominican families from the Bronx don't get a lot of spotlight in the theater space, you know, necessarily, and not during this time frame, and so I allowed my... The 9-11 time frame, yes. right? Yeah. I okay. decided to pick that time frame um, because I realized that that moment in time marked a moment where, for a lot of those Dominican-Americans who were here and were of a certain age at that time, that we actually started to be politically interested in what was going on in this country because it was a thing that happened that affected all of us, even though years before, we didn't really care about politics like that, and and it was kind of okay, even though it's kind of fucked up because we were moment. in a... Yeah, it was yeah. just like a, a, a catalytic moment, um, certainly for me in my life. Um, and I just realized how we are still sort of battling the catalyst of the effects of what things like the Iraq War did, um, you know, 9-11 itself, and just our perception of American, you know, intervention in this in the, in this world. And we're still living that today in 2023. So I felt like, wow, look at the coincidence of how these conversations, Iraq war just turned 20 years old. Like these conversations are coming back up. I didn't know that when I figured out that, yeah, I'd get a production and Antar was gracious enough to, you know, believe in the work and say, we want to produce it. And like the timing of that, we weren't aligning it with the actual history of what the play touches on, but it aligns with an anniversary. So it's my time wow. because the story needs to be told, right? now um, and it's a Dominican family from the Bronx because I'm a Dominicana from the Bronx and our stories are valid from whatever perspective we're coming from if you could tell us a little bit more about the story yeah it's, it's really captivating so far yeah. and also you just brought something up that I never gave thought to prior to 9-11 our people came here with this dream right the streets are gilded the mm -hmm. land of opportunity mm -hmm. there was never a shake-up in the history books like this yeah our people must have been like yo para acá right <laughs> for everyone yes and then the dominicans which are the majority right now in new york yes. even more so yes Ay, santo Dios. Yeah. Thank you for that enlightening. Okay, tell us a synopsis of the show. So, the Vamonos follows the Torres family, um, and we are in Juana's apartment um, during the christening of her grandson, Christopher. Um, and we're at the after party that happens in the Titi's apartment with all the cake and the patelitos and the music blasting. Um, and we get to spend time with the family and the cousins as they sort of catch up and navigate some of the challenges that have been coming up in the family since 9-11 due to um, one of their family members, Alex, who had recently enlisted in the army, right? And so it's a story that explores both, you know, true family dynamics and challenges, but also how being a part of the American fabric affects our our lives in a way that is very unspoken, but is always very loud around us. Um, but how we rely on love and family and unity to sort of keep us protected through all of it. Oh yeah, for sure. Those are the pillars, <laughs> yeah. right? The 
candles and, and you know, faith. Yes. Not necessarily religion in yes. every case, but faith for sure. Mm-hmm. Crystals and spirits. Yes. And that's so Latino. <laughs> okay, you bring up something really interesting too, like Bronx Dominican families being highlighted in an off-Broadway show. This is, it's time. Yeah. I think that's the like theme of this episode. Like, it's time. Yes. Uh, I was recently the reader of the day at my son's school, which Ooh, I'm that. so proud of. That's like, so okay? Nice. Like, it's fun. It's like, they call in these parents if they want to come yeah. be the mystery reader. And then, like, they pop up and the kid gets so excited. My four-year-old was that. just like, what? Mom is here <laughs> to read a book? <laughs> So I brought a book to the class as the mystery reader. And shout out to Debrali Diaz for writing the music from our country. Because it's all about a Dominican family getting ready for the day and listening to their Dominican music. Oh, I love that. It's just so great to see that, like, in these respective conduits, on the stage, on print, in books, available. Or you can e-read the book as well, I assume. Mm. uh, In that we're telling stories of Dominican families from the BX. Yes, yes. I knew from the BX. I'm from BX. BK, and you right. know, like, we talked about this, the yes. crossover. I've become more embracing. I also let Easy Pass know that if I'm crossing the Throg's <laughs> neck or the Cross Island or anything, it's okay. I'm going there intentionally, you know what I'm saying? Easy Pass be getting alert. It it's gets like, uh, she's crossing into the Bronx? <laughs> Jersey? We've got a problem. Code Red. Talk to me about casting. How did you find your cast? Ugh, my beautiful cast. Um, it was such an interesting process because it really took community. You know, surprise, surprise, a lot of spaces aren't necessarily equipped to quickly cast seven Dominican characters uh, who are, you know, Afro-Latine, so black Dominicans, and having that specificity, like, mm. turn the casting world upside down, right? We need, like, <laughs> you know, let's get a sound effect <laughs> editing. Right. <laughs> Wow, the world's upside down. Yeah, you know, in the sense of that, like, you know, first of all, very few actors have the chance to answer a casting call where the characters feel so close to home and they're being sort of called to action to audition for such a role, right? So a lot of people, you know, in some of the specificity, you know, some of the characters, we needed bilingual actors in particular. And, you know, the generations of people who are on the scene have, you know, different ways that they show up. Some can do the bilingual, some can't. You know what I mean? I think even socioeconomic differences where you have certain actors who fit that demographic, but they're not the kind of actors who have the same resources as everybody, so they couldn't commit to the kind of schedule to be in the show to begin with, and so Mm. then they couldn't audition, and just seeing how, like, there's still levels to the way community can show up and support, you know, Afro-Latina actors across the board, um, that showed up a lot in the casting process. But among all of that, we were able to find, um, you know, our cast. It was virtual casting, which for me is something new. Um, I like being in the room personally, but, you know, with a casting like this, we did want to make sure that people all over had an opportunity to submit. That's um, lovely and, that you just yeah. cast the net yeah. across the country. Yeah. That's yeah. lovely. You know, because... You don't often hear that. Yeah, you know, because it's important and, you know, we believe that folks would want to be a part of this, right? Not in a cocky way, but in a way of pride of, like, we. I know the authenticity and intention that I put into these characters and it's evident in the room and so the cast that I have 
have now. Um, you know, it's beautiful to be in the space with them and see them both like embody the characters, but also connect and say, this reminds me of my mother or my cousin and like really bringing out the richness of what the art of acting is when an actor has a toolbox that feels close to home that they can use to pour into their characters. It's not stretch work, you know what I mean? And so these actors have got like over the weeks, the, their work has just gotten so much better and it's beautiful that they are excited to be playing themselves or people who look like them and I don't know it just hits different when people are working from that place and not just oh this is another gig they're they feel like they're a part of something big which makes me feel like I'm doing my job and being you know the the holder of space for the story I often find when I'm interviewing guests on this podcast that the uniqueness of these people sitting across from me and their work is that passion collides with professionalism. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're doing this work and this is unique. I don't I said this on the podcast just the other day. I don't think, you know, Lisa showing up to the DMV. Hey, everybody, I'm reeking. Right. I'm reeking and I'm proud and I need to be reeking to work here. Because, right. No. Right. There's right. not often that collision of showing up to work. And like you said, I love dipping into the toolbox. Because yeah. that's the toolbox that we know. We know the food we eat. We know the mm -hmm. music. We know the family moments. We know about bodegas. Like, just all this stuff yes. that we know authentically. So... There's like, you know, I guess for the actors, is there really like that research and development needed to like read books <laughs> right. and like, you know, live in England for six months right. to get the dialect? Yeah. You know, no. Yeah. Dip into what you know. Yes. Dip into what your ancestors been teaching and spreading. Dip Absolutely. into your parents. Yes. Dip into your brother, your sister, your tia. Mm -hmm. This is so fa It fascinates me. Yeah. Okay. We talked about casting. Yes, absolutely. And I, I want to both quickly shout out and just say that also the production team is like all Latine and black and LGBTQ folks. Like we're a mix of a bunch of people. Um, and we worked very hard to do that. So I just want to shout that out because sometimes in shows we talk about the actors and the director. You know, I have a shout out to Tatiana, my Boricua director. Like, we were very intentional. So, like, every element, even the marketing, every element of this has been really curated for community by the community. Oh, so maybe we should delve into that a yeah, little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know you had your, so you have your hand in everything Yeah, here. yeah, muy entremetida. Like, I literally, when we, when we signed on, I was like, I read the contract. I get this is all about the, the work and the words. I want to, like, make sure I'm in marketing. I want to make sure I'm in so, this Nice. More. And Intar has been very, very, you know, open with my the production purchase. company. Yes, so shout out to Intar. Intar Theater, one of the <clears throat> oldest Latina theaters in all of New York City, wow. um, and in the country, really. Um, and it's really stood its ground and survived and has had its hand. And a lot of Latina actors have touched Intar in one point or another in their Tell career. Us who. Any yeah, like friends or any um, you know, or some I, like you know, even people like John Leguizamo. It's like everybody, even yes. when like In the Heights was doing casting, like you know, people they're part of the people. Who gets tapped on to be like, all right, who are the who do Latin you know? Who are the send people us on the scene? people? And they produce yes. a lot of Latina work in English, which is rare because a lot of Latina theater companies focus on Spanish language, but they're one of the few that do English language. So it's like an awesome space. Um, and so 
one thing that they have in their rules is like they want to make sure that the teams, whether it's the lighting person, the set designer, the costume designer, uh, that they we offer to people in our community first. Um, and you know, but that include our community is not just Latine; it's also being intentional around around like you know Afro Latinidad, also the queer community, you know, and uh, Caribbean communities. Like even when I, once it leaves the Latine net, that we understand that there are communities of people who are marginalized um, in this industry, and we want to make sure we're holding space for them and offering yeah. first and so you know like my costume that. designer she's Dominicana and like Wait that's five. incredible you know it was not very hard for her to again dive into her toolbox in terms of how we she are was doing this. our <laughs> mothers <laughs> were right yeah like, yeah my tia Alta had a sewing room yeah like a big ass room just like yeah. to do the clothes yeah and it's like you know early 2000s so she's having a great old time like putting that together oh are you part of that process have you gone yeah. shopping with her are you talking so fabric we get, oh my god yeah, there's so much so, to talk about uh, it's so it's so beautiful like you know we have a, a weekly production meeting and everybody like comes with the things that they've gathered and collected over the week and we get to respond to it so the shopping and seeing the clothes I actually got to see it yesterday and it was Sorry. it was really fun it's just you know I'm think think very J-Lo when we were younger and how we used to try to emulate with the really glossy lip gl- yeah right? you know our uncles with the Jesus you know 2000 sandals those brown ones no, that they, you the know, yes you know like it's a it's giving some of that and it's just like the little Easter eggs that are in the play where it's like yes it's it's a play that shows a Dominican family so it feels like a Dominican play but really it's a New York City play yeah yeah you know um, but yeah so that's all to say that the production team from Lighting Herman Martinez who actually um, did the sound design for not just my play but for Sancocho that is oh, at um, Women's Projects Theater and is also doing Bees and Honey which will be at MCC Theater um, and just sidebar yes. Cato and Guadalice are two other Afro Latinas that are being produced. This is the first time that three Afro Latinas are being produced. And so, like, this whole moment, like, in my room and even outside of my room has really been for us, by us. And so, I, I believe in the magic that's happening here. Something, there's a magical force. Yeah. Yeah. We spoke about some stuff. Yes. <laughs> before this podcast yeah. recording. Yeah. We mu- hay que aprovechar. Yeah, vamos a aprovecharlo. Este momento <laughs> is grand. And I see it. I, I was like thinking yesterday, well, I don't want to talk about that too much. I will talk about that show and, and how it unfolds. Yeah. But May 12th is going to be something magical. Um, yes. More to come on that. You know, before I move on, I want to ask you another question because uh, there's more about the show that I want to figure out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your favorite part of the show? My favorite part of the show, um, there is a morning sequence where one of our characters, Eduard and Yoira, they're siblings, and Yoira is the older sister and she has to get Eduard ready for school. And Eduard's the kind of kid who, like, he takes he he don't do too good in school because he be you know goofing off a lot. Um, and they're getting ready, and there's this like sibling banter that's going on. Mm. But in that moment, like it was so beautiful to write, and it's beautiful to witness the dynamics of how siblings hate each other and love each other all at once. Yes. Um, and that dynamic of being the older sister, and and you know, in Latina families, like the oldest daughter who has to be the strong one and whatever. But having a moment of how she sort of holds court between her her and her little brother is just like always so fun to see but it also just I don't know it makes me feel like it's it feels like love watching that moment feels like seeing love in real time I love that yeah I love those goosebump moments you yeah. know I had a goosebump moment uh just saw diamond put up mm. by the PTP shout out to Paola Paisoto yes who led that charge and just she was 
incredible to watch and there was a goosebump moment when she started talking about dreamers and DACA mm. and people trying to take away the dream when we're called dreamers I'm just like oh my gosh I was not prepared for the goosebumps to be so hard mm. and so prickly mm. Yeah, those moments in live theater are like no other. Yeah, they're not movie moments. They're not. You can't do you, it in front of podcast. No it offense. Work. It's, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it doesn't work. Ooh, I can't wait. Um, I like to get granular with super creatives here Let's do it. on Latinos Out Loud. Let's go back to the process. Let's go back. You said you started writing this show in 2017. Yes. Let's go back to the day you started writing the show. Yeah. What drove you to put pen on paper or grab the chisel on the rock or maybe a laptop? <laughs> right, Not right, sure right. what you do. Or a typewriter, blood. Not right, sure. Right. How do you document the story? Tell us, Julissa. Yeah, I, you know, I was a, a part of a writer's group, Lather, Rinse, Repeat, and I had been working on, because this play came to life around the same time as my play, play La Greña, which has had readings but hasn't been produced yet, so if you try to produce it, <clears throat> you know. Um, but that show happened, and I kind of needed to put La Greña down for a little bit. Mm. Um, and uh, I was like, well, what do I want to write about? Like, who's in my head? And I it's, I was just thinking about my annoying little cousin. Shout out to Nestor. Um, and I was just like, yo, I remember how he always used to fuck with my PlayStation. Can I curse? I'm sorry. Of course. Yeah, I'm you sorry. Know, you've been on here before. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Come on, Brooklyn you know, Bronx. Right? He's got a show without our language. So fuck Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I'm like, so I'm like, I was thinking about my annoying cousin, Nestor, and I was like, yo, Nestor always used to fuck with my games. He used to kill my Tamagotchis, and like, <laughs> it used to be so annoying. And then I thought about this one time that Nestor got his ass beat during a party for opening a three-liter soda, and it like fell and exploded everywhere. Oh, three-liter, the yeah, jumbo size. Yeah, you know, the Dang top tops, son. you know, the CNCs. The RC Cola. Okay, you Cap know. Mark, no frills. Exactly, yeah. right? And so like, I remembered that moment, and then I was like, yo, it would be mad funny to see that on stage like you know and that's how most stories come to me I'm just like what's a story that like if I was in a room full of my friends and we were retelling it we would be like oh ha 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 yeah I remember and so you know I sort of started from that place and thought about what is a place in which those cousins would have that collision and I'm like well a family event what kind of family event well it could be this that and I was like oh let's do a baptism people always do like birthday parties or baby showers I was like let's do a baptism I was like let's do a baptismal right you know what I mean and then it just started to build from there Um, um, and like I said, I wanted it to be a Dominican goodbye play where it was like we say we're leaving and we never go. But then I realized it was important to include who these humans are because especially in New York City, again, we keep saying, you know, Dominicans are the largest Latina group right now in the city and people tap into some of the surface of who we are and our music and our like right. like to make noise. But do you know we, we're here and we have deeper story. And so I realized that in allowing the play to grow past just that one objective, I was allowing us to have a moment to tell our stories in a way where it's like, damn, mm-hmm. I could be a white lady from Iowa and I might still connect with Juana, you know, in the Bronx who's going through it with her husband, right? Like that we started to open up the universality of who we are while still celebrating the culture and having the fun because that is also part of our truth. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So it sounds like you gather the blocks. You've yeah. you got the building blocks in your head. Yeah. And then you're just lying down the cement in between these yes. bricks. Yes. Okay, so that's a great process that you're sharing with us. Okay, I want to get even more granular. Like, <laughs> do you need a room? Do you need to be in a different state? Yes. You I literally needed to move like, to, I geographically. to move to Denver, Colorado. 
if I did not move to Denver, Colorado, I don't think this play would have come to life. And, you know, interestingly enough, it wasn't even just about the real-time writing. It was also about what you need as an artist outside of the moments in which you're creating in order for your creative time to be effective. Ooh, right? I gotta swallow that. You know? <laughs> like, I realized that, like, maybe it's true that I can't control too much of how I can focus in the moment when I'm typing, but it might be true that if I take a hike on Saturday and let the whole day be about being in nature and smoking and chilling yeah. and being whatever and having a good meal that I could commit to promising that Sunday I can wake up and slow roll into a writing routine and that if I can commit to that promise that already includes a reward, I'm more likely to show up for the writing rather than being like, oh no, I have the weekend so I have to fill every hour I possibly can that Pressure. weekend. It's too much pressure. Yeah. Um, and doing that in Colorado was easier because I love my communities, I love my peoples, but it's a lot and being in our energy is a lot and so you feel Dreaming. obligated to sh show up and you know we are a big community so there's something going on every weekend I never have to be home if I really don't want to but I needed to Absolutely. be home I needed to be grounded um, I needed to disconnect so that I can you know take the space I need to then tell the story honestly. Um, and yeah, I think it's important to just know what you need and get plenty of rest and drink plenty of water. Um, drink plenty of water. It really does help with the processing. But I think meditation or prayer, whatever you want to do, I think taking at least five minutes or even less, if that's all you can commit to, to center yourself is the best way to make sure that whatever you're creating is coming from your source and not from the noise of what you think you have to do in order for your piece to be successful. Your piece is successful successful if it's sourced from your truth and it's what you're meant to say everything else around it builds it's beautiful yeah do you meditate every day i try to every single day yes some days i fail and i will say that the days i fail i feel it it's become so important to me to meditate it's like washing my ass and brushing my teeth yes. yeah um and it's sometimes it's very simple like it's very like i'll sit and i'll even say like oh i don't have much time today but may this moment of connection give me all the energy i need in order to push forward to the day may i be you know conscious enough to be aware of whatever guidance that you're trying to give me throughout the day and allow me to release fear and protect me and make sure i'm good Boop, and that's all I do. And then I leave the house. And, like, I need that. Because when I don't have that, like, I don't know, it's different. My days go differently. And even if I remember in the middle of the day, like, oh, shit's going crazy. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I'll be like, I didn't, I didn't even meditate. All right, so let me just try to real quick. Yeah. I love the idea yeah. that we're in the meditation <laughs> yeah. room at Luminary. Right. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know you were such a big meditator. Yeah. But I love that, and that's an integral part of your creative process. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. What program do you use to write? Oof. I, I use Google Docs. I shouldn't be using Google Docs, I've learned in this process. But I'm very old school. Everything about me and building into this process as an artist, like... I'm very old school. So a lot of these fancy programs, I don't know which ones to name, but they exist. So I would <laughs> suggest Googling those programs because they do help. And there's just something about the way I choose to do it. Listen, there's something about the shareability. Yeah. Shout out to Google Docs. Yeah, I'm just so like, I'm on it for work. Share. Yeah. So here's my next question yeah. about sharing documents. Do, when can people read your work along your process? When do you have a V1 and do you let other people read mm -hmm. your work 
or like how what's that yeah, chunk of so, the process like for you um that chunk of the process so uh, for this play you know it began in a writers group so people were hearing from you know from the beginning pages like people were getting into the story and that is always helpful because it allows you to know what about what's already existing is exciting the audience and it helps sometimes with direction because you're like oh well if they're interested about this part of this character's story I might have not centered them in my mind but I might consider like oh well maybe we do want to shed their story um, and put it more center for example right um, and then after that you get workshops uh, you apply to different theaters and opportunities sometimes those are funded right so you get paid to work on your work which is incredible um, and you get actors and I think that um, whenever you're ready but that part of the process for me is like the sooner the better like mm. to really help me enrich who these people are because actors do a beautiful job of being able to really speak to what feels honest and real as opposed to just like what you as a writer are trying to get across um, and so that part of the process cu comes in pretty early for me I think once I have at least like 80 pages or so where it feels like a critical mass I bring people in and th this play had about four three different workshopping processes um, before we got it up on its feet and I have a dramaturg on the team and so like what's nice about when you get your work produced is that you get to have different kinds of resources support you as you're still editing the writing and so feedback has been coming in from day one but what it looks like has evolved over time. Are you, so when you receive criticism constructive criticism mm -hmm. what's your process on processing that information yeah I always you know they always encourage uh, playwrights to not feel like they have to answer the question in the moment but I'm one of those uh, playwrights who likes to try to because for me it's just a process of trying to understand where the source of the question comes from or the feedback comes from because sometimes even though I might not agree or want my story to go that way it's nice to understand what somebody got out of what I wrote so that I could either you know avoid that or like make sure that I open myself up more to it if I think it's important and central. Right, you can inflate it a bit yeah. if you felt that that was a key, a good emotion. Yeah. Oh, this is the, you're making the, pro everybody's going to want to write a play. I hope so. Everybody should write so a great. play. so great. Yeah. Right? We used to write plays as kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like in language arts and, yeah. you know. Even playing pretend and imagination, you're literally putting words to a moment. Like writing improv is writing if you document it. Journaling. You know, all of it. Yeah. Journaling is also storytelling. Yep. I journal a lot now. Yes. It's part of therapy. Yes, I love that. Journaling's excellent. I can't believe how much comes out of me, literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't believe it. It's like, dear diary, like, you know what I'm saying? It's... I, I did have diaries when I was younger, and there's I still have them. You know, I picked one up the other day, and it was like, I don't remember, seventh grade, eighth grade. I was so boy crazy. Oh, me too. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Like, what in the world? That's a pivotal time for boy craziness. <laughs> I was boy crazy at that grade. Sixth, seventh, eighth, uh -huh. it was either softball, braces, or boys. That was my entire <laughs> diary. What a loser, right? Softball, braces, boys. Maybe that's the title of my memoirs. Yeah, softball, I love that. Softball, braces, and boys. I really like that. I have two boys now, so yeah, those are my boys. I like that. Oh my gosh. You're so <laughs> you have been inspiring us here in the creative community for quite some time. I just, Appreciate so this that. is some of the stuff I wanted to get to. We got to wrap soon, but shit Spanish girls say. Yes. Ladies who bronche. Yes. Dead. All the stuff you do kind of rhyme. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I want to talk about those. Were they stepping stones? Did they lead you here? Did you have any Skittles moments as you were writing? Yes. Shout out to Skittles. Yes. But like, yes. do you have any ladies who bronche moments as you were either writing or as you're hearing 
now that you know you're in rehearsals and you've seen it on its feet. Yeah, it's so funny because when you think about say Spanish girls say like a lot of what's central to it outside of you know sign shout out yes shout out to Skittles my creative partner they are the fucking best right and absolutely um, our work together has influenced a lot of how I've been able to be confident that the audience that we create for exists and they crave for our work yes. and I went through those explanations through shit Spanish girls say through ladies who bronche but for shit Spanish girls say like the mother's voice is central right and like the voice of that woman and I think that you know and all of the work that I've done in seeing how much people enjoyed having that voice that person represented um in my work and we see this a lot in vamonos like that woman is a full human she's more than just the voice who's like ah cesar whatever like she's there and we get to know her at in a deeper level and that feels important and inspired because people resonated with that and then mm-hmm. like as far as ladies who bronche it's like across all the work i do it's like we speak very unapologetically this play is quite unapologetic you know what i mean and there are going to be moments where people are like oh yes i love us and there are moments where people are going to be like oh damn yeah we're like that ouch you know um cringe that's right me. you know and <laughs> I'm looking in the mirror. Yeah, and it's like, and it's okay. And, you know, all things can be true at once. We can be, you know, problematic and learning all at once. And I think that my work with Skittles has always been that, you know, we can look at the problematic and still hold space for what's true and love and understanding all at once. I love it. Okay, I have one more question before we tout the tickets and where everybody can find you and stuff like that. Um, our Eloeleros, like you mentioned before, are inspired by pivots in one's career and, like, mm. you know, taking knowledge and love for one's culture and making a profession out of it. If you were talking to young Julissa right Ooh. now, because mm. she out there, she mm. one of the Eloeleros, mm. mm-hmm. what are some words of advice that you have for her in maneuvering? And now that, you know, and I know we're not done, obviously. <laughs> this is not <laughs> even, like, the halfway, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But if you had some words of advice for her on how to maneuver her way to this point, what would they be? I would say trust your gut and intuition the whole way. You are never wrong, even when it doesn't make sense to you why you're right. Um, I would say to her that um, sometimes things are challenging. Sometimes things are unfair. Um, and a lot of times you are fully equipped to navigate it. So don't be afraid of what is true um, and make it stop you. Just he- go head on and trust that you're going to figure it out along the way. Um, and also you're beautiful. And don't let these boys out here confuse you about how you can love yourself and show up. And don't let that shit affect how you show up in the larger world because your voice matters and you're here for more than the validation of others. You're here to share light and love and elevation through your words to the world. So don't forget that. That's the most important thing. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Those are some really great <laughs> words for little Julissa. Yeah. All the little Julissas yeah. out there. Anybody who's, who's absorbing those words right now. Yeah. You, before we, you also do some spiritual retreat. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Are we at Will's to yeah, talk about yeah, it? Okay. Yeah, sure. You just are back from Puerto Rico. Yes, but yes, doing yes. something so unique. Mm-hmm. Tell yes, me. sure. So um, the Almighty Pineapple, which is ran by my madrina Vida, uh, Mama Vida, readings by Vida. Um, we work together to facilitate a retreat in which um, you know people come together to have a rebirth. It's called the Rebirth Retreat, and the idea is is that they spend days taking workshops and receiving services from Vida and other folks, including myself, um, to help them go through a journey of release and rebirth. 
earth, right? And taking the time to relax. So Puerto Rico, shout out to Puerto Rico. Oh, it's just such a gorgeous space. You know, like being in the beach and, you know, using the salt water to help cleanse, right? All the energies that are around. If you're into, you know, people call it woo-woo stuff, but if you believe it, like think about it, salt water, the beach, release, right? Um, the idea of meditations and writing. So I led a workshop in which we um, reflect on ourselves and, and the narratives we tell ourselves. What is the story we tell ourselves about our lives and um, how we lead them and we release. And um, it was a beautiful process. A lot of people had some incredible breakthroughs. And yeah, so that's the retreat I facilitate. But I facilitate all types of retreat, even creative retreats that aren't so spiritually focused. Um, it's a thing that I learned from a very young age that getting together in community and dedicating a set amount of time around an intention is like turboing. Yes. Yeah. Do you know, I don't know if you know this, yeah. but Room 28, we used to do a creative retreat every year. Oh, wow. We used to go to this house in the Poconos that we used God. to rent. Shout out to Eugene. He used to hook us up every year, and we would go in the winter. I know I the summer's that. beautiful and all that, but, like, the lake would be frozen, and it was just always so inspirational. We mm. had the bonfire. We would call in experts to, like, at the time, Skype. <laughs> yes. So old, wow. Um, to Skype in and, like, you know, teach us a thing or two about sketch writing. We would get in, like, little clusters and groups and come up with, like, you know, concepts and sketches and, you know, play out character stuff. And I can't tell you how many ideas and yeah. bonding, the unity. Mm -hmm. We would like make our own meals. There would be, I, I, I assign the teams. Yeah. You guys are on breakfast duty, you're on lunch duty. We would do like uh, shopping together. I love so we would that. go to the AMP or whatever it was. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I also believe in that. And yeah. when we do hilarious shows, it's the same sense of community. I love that. I love that, like, girl, you know this, that backstage area of a hilarious show yeah. is this, like, pussy power energy yes. that is just, I cannot explain it. Mm -hmm. You just have to step foot back there to feel it. We're zipping each other's dresses. We're going over lines. Yes. We're, like, making each other mad. You know, we're, like, <laughs> last looking each other, last looks. You good. Wait, come here. You got a booger. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let me get that for you. Mm, save it for later. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the pussy power magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you spoke to young Julissa. Because vamanos, we all going. Yes. I'm going to get a bus or something. Yes, let's we'll get do a, it. We'll get a yellow cheese bus. Yes. Uh, we know somebody who knows somebody. Right. And just load everybody in. Yes. We'll make stops at all the boroughs except Staten Island. Yeah. It's hard for me. They can swim over. <laughs> um, what else? What else? What else do I tell you all about the Your show? Personal, we begin. Oh, 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 I was going to say, April 22nd through April 30th are previews. So that's when the show is still sort of going through movements. But we introduce the audience in but official opening is may 1st so yes. official opening night is may 1st so join us for previews but definitely after may show first the show is going to be ready to go you can follow me on my socials at julisa that's j-e-w-l-e-e-s-a-h across all platforms or you can look me up at julisacontreras.com um yeah and at lady subronche on instagram and across all podcasting platforms as well Thank you, Julissa. Thank you for coming here to the meditation suite yes, here at Luminary. Thank you. Very zen. And thank you. For, yeah, right? Yeah. Thank you for just all the information and what you're doing. It's just so incredible. I'm so proud of you thank as a friend. I remember you. the day you told me you were moving to Colorado. Yes, I a remember. A piece of me wept. Because yeah. we're like, wait, we just started to like hang yeah. out. And like, I'm really enjoying this. So like a separation anxiety ridden, you right. know, girl, which I am. I was like, no. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. So glad you went and did that. And Thank now you. I understand why. Mm -hmm. I was always wondering, Denver. Yeah. I know it's serene and mountains, but look what we got from yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and more to come. 
We got vamanas out of it. And Lord knows what else. Yes. What else he did while he was out there. Yes, yes, Are yes. Are you here for good? No, I'm back and forth. But I'm back and forth. So okay. New York, whenever you need me, all you got to do is holler. Yo llego. That's true. Yeah. Well, guys, I want to thank you for checking out this episode of Latinos Out Loud. Shout out to Julissa. Make sure you follow her and see the show. I will definitely be up in there. I think I'm going to bring my mom. Yes. I would please like her to bring see all it. the generations. This okay. is a play for all generations. I think this is a good birthday gift. Her birthday's May 7th. Yes. So we're going to go do some tattoo eyebrows. Oh, I love that. And then that after that, we'll go to the show. Oh, yes. Yeah, she does the tattoo makeup. <laughs> and she's like, see, a taco ball. Sally, it's like leaving. So oh, we have to get them reads on. I love that. <laughs> anyway, shout out to everybody who has tattoo makeup. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> and LOLeros, if you don't already follow us, please follow us at We Are Latinos Out Loud. You can give us a call, 978-LATINOS. Um, so just thankful to all the guests, all the listeners, everybody supporting. And on that note, we out. We out. We out.